Welcome to the Tech Map Podcast. My name's Andy Barjuri. On today's show, I'm talking with a good friend of mine, Tooth Ali, who is an expert producer, director, filmmaker, and YouTube channel manager. And the reason why I wanted to get Tooth onto the show is because it just seems to me like video is such an important communications vehicle these days that it's just going to pay off for us all to know a little bit more about how to produce really great video and particularly for use on social media channels. So I hope that you enjoy the show. Tooth, how's it going? Welcome to the Tech Map podcast. How uh, are you today? What's this podcast called, Andy? It's called the Tech Map podcast, Brilliant. as you very well know, too. Uh, okay, it's great. It's a great title. Tech Map. Tech Map <laughs> podcast. I like it. It's good. It's good. It's, it's, thanks, thanks for having me as well. well. Well, I'm pleased you could join. I'm pleased you could join me uh, on this show. <laughs> I think we've we've been mates for quite a long time now, haven't we? Yeah, I know. It's probably hence all the giggles and the terrible starts of this podcast anyway. So, <laughs> um, well, yeah, how long have we known each other? We've known each other. Well, I've met you in 2008, I believe. Uh, wow okay i wouldn't have known the year i know where it was we were both working for an agency called play on mm. yeah no. which was uh later bought by ketchum it was a pr and marcom's agency that's where we met but we've been working on and off i'd say since then really haven't we on video projects and bits and bobs on various projects yep yeah. no yeah we have um when i started at play on i was a multimedia video specialist or something or other which basically was a a lame term for sort of basically making films producer kind of director kind of guy but editor i was editing a lot of films as well so that was back in the day got you and i remember a, a little video you shot for a company called blue whale mail that was a little bit controversial at the time i remember, remember that? that i do remember that we had the inflatable dolphin and that had a very like had we were, we were doing a campaign wasn't it where uh you had to do a series of videos for the for the client and uh so we got our friend ed dressed up in a big blue whale <laughs> outfit <laughs> <laughs> and uh and and kind of like sort of put them into scenes to do with films so we did the godfather you know horse's head scene uh and and they also had an exploding he had exploding what were all those things that wells have that 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 obviously spray water it's a, the spout the spout yes yeah. or so the we, breathe hole i guess yeah, so we had a very explosive kind of moment on camera wasn't it when uh Ed <laughs> had to make the spout explode in, in excitement that was that was a quite, quite controversial actually when you think about it yeah absolutely i'm surprised did that get signed off i can't remember i have no idea I have me no neither. idea. Me neither. Yeah, it's been a while. But Tim, look, I know you really well. But for our listeners, why mm. don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and you know what you've been up to? Um, yeah. So um, my name's Tufi Kali. I'm a producer director. Um, I'm currently sort of heading up production at a company called Fourth Floor Creative, which is based in Bristol. Uh, it's a branded content agency, and uh, we do work uh, with a lot of games clients actually. Um, and so I'm producer director for that particular company. Previous to that, I was a freelance producer director. I had my own uh, production identity called T Bear Productions, which is a uh, um, you know a bit of a side hustle. I always kind of do projects for that on the sides, like you know if it's music videos or uh, sort of uh, uh, any films, sort of sort of for colleagues and stuff like that. I'll always try and go through sort of my that that production identity. Yeah. But um, but I've been a filmmaker for well, I started in media in 2001 as a runner and uh and worked my way up um through the ranks and kind of went from like runner to um runner to production assistant to to sort of junior researcher researcher then went to assistant producer and then and then i became a producer director 
and then I went freelance as a producer director, having kind of built up a lot of clients. So that's that's me for the last. So you've learned the ropes from the ground up. So runner is that just a fancy name for T boy? A runner. It, well, I think uh, it's unfair to call a runner a T boy. I think because this is something to to clarify to people out there. Um, a tea boy is someone who makes tea. A runner is someone who makes tea, but is also that's one part of his skill set, isn't it? You make the tea <laughs> and the coffee, but you have to be sociable and you have to be able to understand the workflow and the processes and get a good grounding on that. And Got and, you. and a, a runner, I'd say a dog's body is a much better term than <laughs> dog's body. So you think dog's body sounds better than tea boy? Okay, well yeah. we're not going to debate the merits of those two labels for uh, the 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 first rung on the ladder of TV and media. And also, I don't mean to be sexist. It could be a tea girl, Andy. We didn't put that there. You should say it's tea tea person. To be fair, um, <laughs> thank you for correcting me, T. I well, appreciate tea boy. I know, right, mate. <laughs> so, so two. The reason why I wanted to get you on the, on the podcast is because i know that you know a lot about social video not just producing film for tv uh, but also for use digitally on youtube and igtv and these sorts of places and obviously that medium is and has been growing enormously for the last few years so what i really wanted to do was just to explore that that whole area of um, social video and get a, an in-depth an in-depth understanding as to what's going on in that space and as a as a marketeer what do I need to know about to to be thinking and using social video in my marketing mix mm. um, so so what's from your point of view what because there's quite a lot of change in that world where, where do you see the the sort of main players these days in terms of social video channels or platforms well I think um it's a, I mean, it's, a, it's a loaded question. There's a lot there to cover within what you've just said. Um, but I, I, I think, and it's interesting, actually, we talked previously from when we started working together in 2008. I think a lot has changed since 2008 because 2008 was when Enormously. YouTube kind of exploded, really. Um, uh, and and I, I can only really talk about social video in the terms of YouTube YouTube content and associated platforms. So if, if anything, okay. I'm, I'm going to talk today probably a little bit about, mainly about YouTube, but um, a bit about Twitter and Instagram and Facebook uh, and the video formats that I've done um, for those particular social media platforms through the companies I've worked for. Okay. Um, in the in the current environment, what I'm working on, um, you know, we we've run a YouTube channels, we run YouTube content. You know, I'm YouTube certified uh, in audience growth, um, and that's kind of an important key factor when you're when you're working in this environment. Um, but essentially, I'm a filmmaker first, and then it comes towards uh, social video. But I've always kind of adopted, I've always been a filmmaker first and then adopted those and applied those skills I've learned as a filmmaker to the environment that I'm working within. And, and that's a, that's a really key fundamental actually, because okay. you have to understand that with marketing, marketing and filmmaking are two separate um, disciplines and they obviously have to come together. They have to collide and collaborate. And it's how, and I think a, a lot of that comes down to the relationship between filmmaking video and marketing and discipline and and the idea of communication and 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 that really comes down to there's two there's a common word that both a filmmaker and a marketer would would use and i think it's message what's the message you're going to say storytelling but more or less the same thing isn't it yeah well storytelling i think is there's a way of 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 storytelling but i think the message the, the key goal i think for either a producer um, and a marketeer is that you have your audience, you know, you want to reach your audience. And, and so therefore what is the message you're trying to tell through the medium that you're going to adopt for whatever practice you want to employ? Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I think message is, is really key because you have to think about that um, from, 
by using your skills and thinking about how, how you, you apply that to to be able to reach that audience or to allow that audience to respond to that message so message has always been a, a, a key word in my head about what's come across in terms of the video content i produce um and and then it's story you know okay. you know you have the message first because you know you have to hit those targets what's the target of that message and then at the same time then you get then you think about how well how do i produce that and that's the storytelling aspect so, so then with, you can with, with sorry to put in there but with mm. so so obviously you know your message and you, you you kind of got a sense for what the stories you want to tell where does audience come into that decision making process do you start with audience or do you when you've got your message and then and you've got your story then you move on to think about how do i relate that to my audience I do think audience does come first, actually. I think before all of that, you have to understand your audience first and foremost. Um, you have to know the audience you're speaking to. Um, if you, you know, you have to, you know, as a producer director, having worked with a lot of marketing people like yourself, Andy, I think it's, we, we collaborate, don't we? We think about, you know, what, what's the goal we're trying to achieve? Yeah. What, um, what's the audience we're trying to reach? And then what is the message we want to portray in the content that we're trying to make? So if, that, if that's the order, that, uh, uh, the very first thing you should know, actually, before you go into any kind of uh, sort of like trying to plan out work or plan out your product, it is who is your audience? Yes. Um, uh, who is the audience just trying to speak to? And I, and I think about that question very much. I mean, I've got a very catered audience at the moment. I'm, I'm working with a lot of games clients. So yeah. I have a lot of young, um, I would say a, a younger demographic in terms of audience figures, but that's that's no by no means applicable across the board. Yeah. It's, um, it's you know, that there's just a, a larger demographic towards the, the younger audience scale. We're talking sort of like, you know, from three to 12 and then from 12 to 18. And, you know, there's different areas of demographics <laughs> within that. Yeah, and yeah. then and then and then there's the, then we're also trying to appeal to the older gamer. So the the gamers who are our age, like pushing forty, and who've grown up with retro games, and so you know there's then then it's trying to have that older audience understand what's current on the market. So trying to get an older older sort of gamer into Elder Scrolls or an older gamer into uh, I don't know Fallout seventy six or something like that. So it's kind of it's really interesting to to know your audience. Um, as, yeah, as a key, absolutely. And, and I think fun. what you're saying about games companies does make me smile because I've got two young boys, mm. and recently I said, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And my eldest son, he said, well, I want to be a YouTuber. Mm. My youngest son said he wants to be a gamer. Mm. So how has that changed so much? And you know. 10 15 years ago if you'd asked that question it would have been i want to be a fireman and an astronaut and now mm. it's a youtuber and a gamer which i think is really interesting it just kind of shows the 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 influence of youtube mm. and, and the internet on how people how children see themselves in the future these days totally i mean I, when i grew up i said to myself i want to be a filmmaker and i always said i wanted to be a filmmaker and i love film i love film the medium of film so much but then there's different facets to that and then and you know i am a filmmaker but at the moment i'm a filmmaker for a branded content agency yeah. that, that 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 works with games clients so yeah. it's kind of it's kind of you know i'm still a filmmaker but it but the, the again the 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 remit within which i work is has, has changed so the market is different if that makes sense well yeah um, the, the market's really different and i think the different platforms are you know if we've talked about youtube and um and instagram and twitter but you know there are others aren't there as well but like snapchat and you know fb watch facebook watch and more recently tiktok but i know that you're really a youtube specialist um mm. so so let's kind of let's kind of zone in on that channel there and let's have a chat about that but I okay. guess before we talk about YouTube specifically, you know, what, why would, why should brands look at using social video? What's, what, why invest in this medium? Because obviously making film is a more expensive creative output than, you know, 
other formats, for example. So what's good about film? What's good about social video? I think with film, uh, I think um, I'm going to be biased, obviously, but it's, for me, it's the most impactful way to get your message across, uh, to get your to reach your audience in a very visceral kind of um, instantaneous uh, moment visually. Um, I mean, you, I mean, there's different types of there's print media isn't there and then there's digital media and stuff and there's advertising yeah but for me a video itself that tells a story from a to b to c and gives you that little message and, and leaves you with something to think about it, it it's it's a it's an initiator it's a kind of an immediate um moment of like you can have these little micro moments of um wanting to be able to sort of say, I've seen that particular video and it inspires you to kind of go, right, I'm going to now find out about this particular product. I'm going to find yeah. out about this. There's, you know, in, it, you can, the video itself and film itself can inspire in such a way that kind of just gets your synapses going or it gets the blood pumping or whatever. Yeah. And I think that it's that little micro moment that marketeers are probably trying to hang, not hang on to, but try and uh, discover to, to kind of, push their audience or try and reach the audience that they're saying right this is this is why this particular thing is great this is why this product's great um i mean the most recent um can i name check products and stuff yeah or? it's not the bbc tube so you say yeah cool so like um I mean, I watch YouTube all the time, obviously, uh, as a sort of YouTube channel manager as well. But like, um, let's say DJI Pocket Osmo. I'm looking at DJI po Pocket Osmo, and I'm looking at that as a tool to, to to help me sort of like help in production and how yep. I sort of make better films. It shoots at 4K, 60 frames per second. It's a very tiny handheld camera. But what what's the good capability of that is that it's a it's a vlogging um a vlogging camera so you can actually have a very stabilized image that you can connect to your phone and that particular product was the only reason it the way it reached me was through these inspirational videos that dji are kind of shooting so you, I got you, you. okay so you you yeah. saw some examples of film that have been shot using their technology and that's what inspired you to want to have a look at it yeah i'm, so, I'm a that i'm a yeah it's a visual medium so there you go so you think it's a good so video is a good way to target those that are uh, impacted by visual media effectively mm. so moving image yeah okay but i mean all of those things you listed out there are product features that could be a bullet point list yeah i don't know you're the marketer you tell me <laughs> no i mean it's interesting i mean I, I i talk to clients all the time about video yeah and um, we we're looking at using it for different um reasons i suppose so for example we use it for client references and testimonial videos to tell the story about how a customer has engaged with and worked with my clients mm. um, and by hearing that from a customer it's much more powerful than the client the brand saying we're great to work with mm. uh, it gives you that kind of endorsement and the video format it allows allows you to look into the whites of their eyes and see you know, what was their experience really like? I can understand by looking at you and seeing how you describe the experience. Mm. I can see the emotional journey that you went through during that process. I think video has also become much more important in the last five years because of the advanced technology. The advance in technology in terms of like, you know, people shooting at either 1920 by 1080, which is the full HD yep. capacity, or now going to 4K. It's like you're, 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 the audiences are now feeling more invested or interested or intimate with the experience of seeing something visually um and because and that that has a direct impact on filmmaking production workflow how people who are studying film have to think about their the way they're filming things um you know it's all interrelated if that makes Got sense you. so it's it's really really 
it's a growth market. It's, it's just really important. And I think video itself, as a, I mean, it's great for me. I mean, it gives means more money for the industry, you know, for, for people who work in media who, um, you know, need jobs. You know, that's that's really important. You know, and uh, people who are trading and thinking about their future, and they can viably say to, they can viably say, I'm going to be a filmmaker, and it's yes. not a, it's a not a, let's say in the 80s or 90s, it's it's not a slur. It's not you're not just saying to someone, oh, you're a creative. What does that mean? Yeah. But these but these days, the word creative means influencer vlogger blogger you know writer journalist filmmaker video producer videographer there's so many it's the way the perception has changed i think on that front so well well, here's here's one thing i see in Mm. in social video is there's now an awful lot more of it and part of that is because the tools that you need to create video are now so much more accessible so i can shoot really simple video just using my iphone right and it can look okay and i can put that out on the youtube channel really quickly and lots and lots of people do but then you know at the other end of the spectrum you've got you know 4k film and all this stuff that you and i have looked at before for clients and mm. there's a whole different level of expertise required to to film there but because it's now so much more accessible there's so much more volume of content going out because anyone can film anything really quickly really cheaply Mm. Uh, do you think then that there's just so much more content out there that's just low grade and and i guess in the context of that question is if if i look at what we've been doing with clients from a content marketing perspective we've been trying to put out good content through white Mm. papers or blogs or whatever that term Mm. format is for a while but then we'll see others just churning out loads and loads and loads of low grade um content but the Mm. quantity outweighs the quality and are you seeing that kind of same effect on film and social video or do you think there's still a lot of value in investing time money effort budget in creating really high quality output i think you have to be careful i think you absolutely have to be careful it's um you have to know your market you have to know um your providers you know who's providing that video who's providing you know is this branded content agency a, a um you know what's the proof behind their numbers? You know that's something yes. to to research into. Uh, it'd, be un, it'd be naive to say, okay, so that company's done that particular video, and you love that video, that they're going to replicate that exact same idea for you and achieve exactly the same kind of impact. It's very that's rare. That that's very rare, I think. Um, but you know, any any sort of marketeer worth his salt will kind of do their re- do their research into the purpose of video as opposed to just saying i want a video yeah and i think sometimes that's where that's where the bottom drops out of it because people do want things instantaneously people do want to just service something quite quickly usually that leads to a lack of organization or a lack of preparation or pre-production yeah. and that and that means that means that means a less impactful video if you don't give yourself the time to plan and prep what your real goals and your targets are how can you achieve those goals and targets because you haven't planned and prepped for it mm. you know it, the, the likelihood is the bottom will fall out of it so you just have to be careful. The, the market is now saturated. You're going to have a flooded market and uh, of, of videographers and filmmakers and people who want to kind of make you a film and all the rest and this and that and the other. That they'll take the money and they'll run, and that leads to fraud. You know that can lead to sort of neg- you know that can lead to bad practice. But the point is, is that you know people who have experience in the industry, you get guide you guide younger people. Um, yeah. You know the idea is that. Um, I'm, I'm speaking from like my recent experiences in the last few weeks. Is like you know I'm managing a team. Of two younger people who are 10 years younger than me and i can see there's this like you know um this aspect of like going i'm doing this and this is all really easy and stuff like that but there has to be drive and ambition within within content creators because if you don't have the drive and ambition to be able to achieve how are you going to stand out that, um, yeah. to, answer, to answer your question um well that's the thing isn't it is it, there is so much 
content pushed out at the moment by all sorts of uh, marketeers and anyone really is that you need to have from my point of view anyways you need to have something high quality to stand out and to stand Mm. the test of time as well because an investment in good video is not necessarily uh, a small investment so it needs to be something that is going to last for a while it's going to create impact not just today tomorrow and next month but next year and the year after that so you know investing in some quality production and think about video as, as what is how is video part of your long-term t- remit is video something that within your your budgets is is it worth spending that much money over six months or is it worth spending that much money yes. over a year and then seeing the impact of that growth that that is something that i i wouldn't as if i was a pure filmmaker i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily think about that but I'm a producer director. So as a producer, you have to think about your audience and your market. I think the skills and experience that I've had through branded content agencies and, work, and, and working through with play on, for example, or working in the corporate world is that is really understanding, you know, your audience and who you're going to reach, but also thinking about that as part of your strategy. That's what, that's actually one thing where I think, you know, why I've managed to get job after job is that there's always been, especially with YouTube mm-hmm. as well. There's a big emphasis on strategy about how you're thinking about this long term. You can't just be thinking a month or two months away. You need to start thinking about six months, a year away about mm-hmm. in terms of okay. where you're to, trying to drive your, your product, your video, your ambition. And that, that's something that's really, really important um, from a filmmaker, filmmaker's perspective. You know, I think that's really important as well because you need to know how to deal with, the corporate you need to know how to deal with marketeers um, <laughs> i know we do need dealing with marketeers actually you've got to keep us in check well no it's, i mean it's about communication isn't it so <laughs> well done too well done so let, let, let's focus a bit on youtube then as a as a platform you know because yeah. it's changing it's evolving isn't it I, I don't know what year it launched it feels like it's been around forever but it feels to me like you know it's it, it's it's being almost overtaken by some of the newer channels the newer platforms but there's still a lot to offer on youtube so tell us a bit about um you know what you've been doing on on youtube okay so i'll I'll give you a little bit of background about how i got introduced to youtube i started working on youtube in 2013 um through a company called endemol um endemol is a production company television production company and one thing i noticed is i was working on big brother with davina mccall i was a a digital uh, for the for the website digital team i was a shooting assistant producer and um uh, and having worked in digital i managed to get onto youtube and youtube in 2013 was i was working with um uh, a, a chap called ksi who's quite a big youtuber um, yes. KS, ksi is a very popular youtuber i'd say uh, in the uk uh, he's quite global now he's, he's made movies in america and all the rest but i i was the producer director and manager of the youtube channel where endermore wanted to sort of like basically um hire him to do a sports channel so we we did some sports content with james haskell from wasps rugby we did some sports content with amir khan the boxer um we worked with aniela luco and and akin fenwa uh, who was yeah the beast i remember watching that beast yeah yeah and also um we were tapping into a market where it's very youth orientated very fifa orientated yeah and um and it was really it was really good fun i really enjoyed the content i made with um um, ksi it was it was amazing really good fun when i look back on it um you know, stressful at times, you know, <laughs> mental, crazy, busy. There's one time, I don't know if I should say it, but he turned up late for a shoot, but I won't tell you how long he turned up late for a shoot, but then we Outrageous. still managed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who turns up late for shoots anyway? Um, <laughs> or recording like, podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he would do that. Um, uh, and then, so I did Rulem Sports and I also was a YouTube channel manager for, for that particular channel. Uh, and then I was also a YouTube channel manager for BBC three for uh, about six months. Yeah. Uh, and they needed some sort of like strategy and development. And the key things across both those platforms was the strategy. Again, you know, we had a great strategist, uh, for Rulem Sports, um, uh, 
do believe his name was Julian Choi. No, it's not Choi. It's Julian. It's Julian. But I can't remember his surname. <laughs> but a friend, a friend of mine called Julian. Uh, he was the strategist in. Yeah. Um, he went on to work for ASOS and is, is working somewhere else now. But um, uh, he was the key driver behind the channel. Um, having someone who understands content strategy but also understands YouTube to help drive the video and the video content and also has a good relationship between um, what you're producing on YouTube is the difference between a successful YouTube ch- channel and a, and a non-successful. Yeah. And an, yeah. an unsuccessful YouTube channel. The people can say, "Oh, we have a YouTube channel, so therefore, yeah, we've got that on the side." The point is, is that if when people, as soon as people say, "Oh, yeah, we've got that on the side, we're just uploading content there," that's the failure of that YouTube channel straight right there. Because what do you mean? Uh, what, what I mean is that people can have their video content, but they if they haven't thought about the strategy of why the that that youtube channel is there they're, they're going to fail at that youtube channel because they're not already thinking about the strategy that they could implement with that channel to be able oh, to oh i see actually... so if people are just using it as a way to pump out video content because they've got the video so you may as well put it on youtube yeah it's going to be a lot less impactful than if you say okay we're going to strategize how and why to use youtube and create yeah. content specifically for that platform you can use YouTube as a placeholder. You can use it as as a, as a platform just to hold your videos, and that's fine, and, and send out links to have links to embed into websites or whatever, or whoever yep. you need to market with. But if you if you put if you put some time and effort into that YouTube channel, that YouTube channel could be more effective for you in the long term, and actually start pumping, start giving you some revenue and return on the fact that you're not doing that much if you did something very simple in terms of yep. strategizing it quite simply. Yeah. Um, okay. So we had but, some good chats with brands about this, didn't we, last year? Yeah. Around you know what what how to approach youtube because you we see a lot, of, a lot of brands that are on youtube but not doing a very good job and if you compare two brands a leading market leader against a, a challenger brand who's not really fully understood youtube yet you can really see the difference between the two channels and you, yeah. you can see quite cl- clearly at least you can too because you've got the strategy brain for it on youtube is you can see the opportunities for for growth and improvement of a channel so mm-hmm. tell me a bit about you know what are the core things of a youtube channel that uh, really make it effective what make a what makes a good youtube channel okay so if i was gonna have a team for a youtube channel i'll need me obviously producer director yep. to manage the content so you're the man, youtube channel manager as such or the producer director that can maintain the content and really keep an eye basically be a serious producer really maintain the idea of how many films you're making how many number of films you're putting out a week uh, it's ideal to have three videos out a week on a youtube channel Is essentially right? okay. con- i'd say three three is a, is a good good driver is there any science um, behind that number or that magic number or is that just gut feel from you that typically if you've got three you're going to get enough engagement enough viewers? i would say that uh, i would say that youtube kind of tries to promote that three is is, is the driver for the for a week's uh worth of output yeah. if you do two that's fine but i think three is is kind of what youtube are kind of generally saying okay. um it help it helps the algorithm it helps you grow uh it helps you get reach more audiences and stuff so if you're pushing out three um videos a week but it, the, the variant is is that it doesn't have to be three of the same exact same video every week which can take a lot of time money and effort it could be say one main video per week a, a mini vlog midweek and uh, uh um i don't know a highlight reel um of, okay. of the previous content for the third for the third video but but there's your format it's like it's like um it's like uh, this is the simplest way i can put youtube channel kind of video content and when you're watching a youtube channel in itself is that um 
every time you'd watch um, Only Fools and Horses or Blackadder uh, on television, you'd tune in at the same time, the same at the same place. It's like watching uh, or Doctor Who, you know. You'd watch it on Saturday night uh, at seven pm, and that's the that's the time that became epitomised yep. with the idea of like being scared and it's Doctor Who I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> you, you'd uh, be scared behind the sofa, but you're watching it at seven pm on Saturday night. People need that regularity. And I think that's the same kind of regularity you need to conduct when you're doing a YouTube channel. Yeah, people want to be returning viewers to your channel because they like your content. And so the point is, is that's where, that's when, you know, there's, there's a spark. There's an initiation of like saying, okay, if that, that, those viewers keep coming back to that regular time slot on Monday, Wednesday, or Sunday, then you know that you have to service that, that yeah. audience. And, that, and that's really important for when you're wanting to grow a YouTube channel. So, so let, um, me just, let me just compare that because I had a chat with um, a, a guy called Brad Lazarus. We're talking about podcasting and we were talking about the idea that when people listen to a podcast, they mm. quite often binge. So they'll come along and they'll won't listen to one episode. They'll listen to three or four episodes. So they're not waiting for a particular time to come along and, and wait for your podcast to arrive in their in their iTunes account. They're actually mm. coming in and they're, and they're binging it. So I wonder whether that's because that kind of contrasts to what you've just said there. So people go to a YouTube channel, they're not necessarily waiting for your episode to arrive at nine AM on a Monday morning. Mm. They're gonna go in at whatever time and watch three or four episodes. So are you seeing perhaps there's a, a bit of both of those occurring? I think it's a for me that sounds fifty fifty. It's uh his perspective sounds like um, comparing it to mine is like it's a 50 50 thing but i'm i'm, I'm going to stick by the rule that i know okay. <laughs> um but at the same time i think guns, i'm going to stick to my guns because i <laughs> think that, that <laughs> well it's youtube if you i mean i've seen a lot of bad youtube channels and i've seen a lot of good ones and yes. the good ones are the ones that do actually stick to a regular schedule in terms of video content. That's not to say I wouldn't binge and go elsewhere, but what it makes me think is if people are binging, it makes me feel they're not doing enough of their time anyway. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, Unless they really like YouTube and that's a good use of their time. Well, the question is, are they binging for work or are they binging for pleasure? That's the big question. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so maybe I should come back to that Lazarus dude and see what he says about that. Um, but the... Um, but to, not to discredit his thoughts as well. You know, I'm sure he's, he's got some sort of valid um, thoughts behind that as well. But I'm just talking particularly and specifically about YouTube and what okay, I know. Um, that, that regular content thing, is the, that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's like going down the rabbit hole. When you do start watching something and you've got a spare couple of hours, you are going to binge on YouTube. But if I was like, say, there's a particular YouTube channel I like called Mr. Sunday Movies, and, uh, and I watch that, but I know, I, I get, you know, I tick the bell and I get the notification that it's on every week you know at this particular yep. time and at least every time this week so i'm more likely to when i see that notification to go towards it and actually watch the content because i know i'm in the mood for that kind of sense of humor more often than yes. not so i mean that's that it's subjective isn't it you can't you yeah, can't you, you shouldn't really objectify all that stuff but and um but anyway it's, it's about passion and what you what you enjoy watching and as well just as much um yeah, will we are we still talking about the same thing? I can't remember. <laughs> I, I feel like I've been track. all over the place. Like you know, I've just I... yeah, yeah, we have. But let, let's get back on track because we were talking about what is it that so what makes a good successful YouTube channel? What what formats work and why? And okay. you know, what, what can you do as a as a, a marketeer or even a just a a, a a YouTube channel manager to make sure that your channel actually delivers what you want from it. Okay. So, uh, I'd say regular content schedule. So, uh, advertise your content schedule as well in your banner. Um, the look of your channel is very important. I'm just going to just tell you the brief overview here and we can go, go into ahead. more detail in a sec, but, um, the banner, the artwork, the design and how visually uh, stimulating it looks is quite important. So I'm talking about the, ba yep. the banner artwork and the thumbnails, a regular consistency on the thumbnails. So, um, one thing that, 
uh, epic rap battles is quite a good one to, to highlight if you look at the thumbnails on epic rap battles um there was a particular video i saw recently um where they did an epic rap battle between donald trump and hillary clinton which was i think it's got two million views or something probably oh, really? pro- okay. probably more but i'd hi- <laughs> highly recommend watching the epic rap battle of um donald trump and hillary clinton because it's just it, 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 it truly is it truly is, and I'm, I'm even put, holding my fingers in the in the same shape that Donald Trump does right now. It, tru- oh, yeah, it I, truly, it truly is. I can, I can picture what you're doing right now. I'm doing it as well. It's really worth it. So worth it. Um, <laughs> okay. But anyway, the, the point was the thumbnail strategy on that. Um, yeah, that's really important. Um, and you know, engaging content. Then you know, then you go into the content. You know, once once you've kind of ticked the markers, ticked all the boxes. Sorry, um, for the, the how the how the YouTube channel looks, and also um, the thumbnails, and and what what is your what is your USP? You know, when you when you do look at a YouTube channel, you want to kind of get it immediately. That's something to obviously think about in terms of branding and, and design. But when you go into the video content, it's the it's the personality that comes across on that video content that's kind of key. Like, yes. that's where I feel like where most of my work happens, where we're producing videos where. You have, you have to engage the audience. You have to grab them within 30 seconds. You need to talk to the audience and be really specific. If they like your personality, they're going to stay. If they, if you're going to be a bit, you know, airy-fairy or just kind of low in tempo, that might yep. put people off, you know, depending on yep. your depending on your USP. But it's really important to have engaging, lively, exciting content and to keep that audience maintained. That's really, really important as well with video content. And funnily enough, when I worked on the, the KSI, you know, working with KSI was pretty much a breeze because... You know, he he would turn it on when he needs to. He needed to turn it on, and believe me, those days when he was off. But like, um, there uh, the point was is that when you strategize that content with a particular content yeah. strategist, they're looking at when you watch that video, where are you putting certain elements within that, certain aspects of that video during the video. So let's say you have a two minute video, uh, yep. within you know you need to have your subscriber kind of call to arms, like a little button in the right hand corner. You need to have some cards which kind of can push you to other content. You have to think about the time it takes from that first 30 seconds to the first minute. At what point are you going to start talking about something else within the format of that video or you're going to lose your audience or you or you know and then at some point do do you do you then after that point put a note um uh, a card at the top which kind of pushes you to other content on the channel? Yeah. Do you want yeah. you know, do you want people to stay engaged on that video specifically? There's, there's so many different things you can talk about there. So, yeah, I mean, I guess as well with that sort of the formatting there, of, you know, you're talking about the cards and the calls to action there. I, I suppose you can test and refine that as you go. Yeah. But one of the um, one of the best examples of that, I think, is if you watch James Corden's Carpool Karaoke. Yeah. He has really clear calls to action at the end of each video mm. to kind of steer you into subscribe or to watch another video. Mm. Um, and he does that really well, I think. I mean, that whole series is really, really good, isn't it? But I mean, the way he kind of keeps you involved or engaged in that content yeah. using those end is quite strong. Like James Corden, and there's also like Jimmy Kimmel and 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 uh, Jimmy Fallon as well. Um, they have very good calls to actions at the end of their yeah. their cards. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think going back to to your channel with KSI, there, mm. I, you did the same there. I've seen that. And I know that that has obviously worked really well for you. And I always think, when I think of those videos of KSI, I always think of the one where they did with um, James Haskell. He's, he's, mm. If you don't know who James Haskell is, he's, he's an enormous guy, isn't he? He mm. plays for rugby for England and Wasps. And KSI skins him 
gets past him and he's quite pleased with himself. And then on the next occasion, I think it, it, Haskell absolutely nails him, doesn't he? Which is mm. re- really entertaining if you haven't seen it. I'll try, I'll try and share a link in the show notes so people can actually enjoy that video. I've just done a campaign, uh, actually. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, not, well, I am name dropping. <laughs> name drop, name <laughs> that, drop away. I've just done a campaign with uh, Carl Walker and uh, Benjamin Mendy from Manchester City. So, oh, right, yeah, okay. anything to do with sports. So if anyone out there who is listening and wants to schmooze me, take me to a sporting event and I'll be more than happy to, uh, <laughs> you know, Drink, so what were you doing with the Man City boys? Drink the feed beer. Um, <laughs> that was, uh, we were doing a campaign um, for Fallout 76, um, and uh, we were getting them to play with uh, some YouTubers, some UK influencers and U- and French influencers as well. So I was managing two teams, a UK team and a French team, and um, kind of directing that, which was good fun. Um, but yeah, Carl Walker was fantastic. It was great to meet him. And Benjamin Mendy was hilarious. He's really funny. Um, he We had a sound man that looked like Luigi, um, so on his Instagram stories, he was uh, he was going, "It's Luigi on the." Is it Luigi out of uh, Super Mario Brothers? Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that yeah, that was good fun. So that that campaign, uh, I think, is is proven very popular. Um, and uh, yeah, so that that's good. But it's nice to okay. to work with different um, personalities. Good, got you. Okay, so so if I if I was a marketeer and I was to approach YouTube and say, look, listen to, I think my audience is on is on YouTube. I think that's a great place for me to engage them and drive some traction, get some awareness up there. You know, what would you say is kind of where should we start with this? Is it, I'm guessing it's to start with a strategy, right? I'd say, why do you need me? Because you <laughs> you just said my audience is on YouTube, and um, and I say, great. So, but what do you want to achieve with that audience? That's the big question. That, that um, you know, it depends on. I'm not trying to poo-poo what you just said there, Andy. I'm, I'm just trying to think about your question <laughs> and like, and maybe understand where you're coming from because I think uh, it depends if you've got a YouTube channel that's successful. It's got, it depends if your YouTube channel is not doing too well or it depends if you're starting from scratch. That's what it comes yeah. down to. So um, if you're starting from scratch, then yeah, there's there's certain things you can do and you can start. And I'd say that there's a, it's probably going to be a slow growth process. If you've already got an audience, it's and it's trying about re- re-engaging the audience. I think it's yeah. um, that that there's something something there you can there's key drivers that you could think about in terms of implementing certain things to kind of really try and grow. Some, you'd want to look at your content from a different angle, and um, I think how can I re-energize my audience in that in that forum? And if you've got a huge audience already on YouTube, then uh, you're obviously successful and you don't need me. That's what I'd say. Um, <laughs> Fair enough too. But... Fair enough. But I'll tell you one of the things we haven't really talked about much yet. And and that's the, this kind of short form video. And you see this on Instagram TV. It's kind of one minute clips. Um, you know, are you doing much in that space? Have you seen much in terms of growth in that area? I'll be, I'll be honest. I, I know Instagram is, is, is killing it at the moment. I know that. Um, I would say that Instagram why do i look at instagram i look at instagram for lifestyle and you know uh, travel and filmmaking and i i'm particularly enamored by uh, dops cinematographers kit i'm always thinking about yeah. kit i always think yeah. i think i always think about kit because i think about workflow and i think about how that those particular bits of kit camera kit and hardware can actually affect my workflow and help me work more efficiently that's the way i see it as a yeah. producer director and also when you're heading up production you have to kind of think about okay what's going to be a more cheap and reasonable way to achieve something that looks great looks cinematic but is affordable as well that's kind of an important aspect you've got to think about in terms of your when you're when you're developing a production workflow um yeah. So, but Instagram itself is 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 aspirational, inspirational, um, and and I know that like IGTV is has proved quite successful for them. I know that YouTube Stories is, is another area where YouTube is trying to take that IGTV format and and grow that as well. It's just it's a very popular 
format now, the portrait mode as opposed to the widescreen HD mode, you know? So the Yeah, absolutely. And, port- I, I th- and I think the new channels that are coming out, the new platforms like TikTok, they're they're all portrait based rather than, you know, what we're used to doing is landscape film, isn't it? So it's yeah. a really different environment. But it's it's like um, you know, it's just I think you you could. This is one thing I I I have to hold my hands up. Is you you can never really tell what's going to shift and what's going to change. You can only adapt to the market how it is, right? Um, and it's it's really tricky. You you just you want to make for me. You just you want to have my 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 own USP is you want to make the best film and reach the largest audience you can. That's that's what yeah. that's why I'm a producer director. I enjoy what I do. I enjoy directing teams, but you want to make a real impact in terms of the story you're trying to tell. Um, the format and the medium that it goes out on is is you know it, it's it's important but I, I don't i don't focus on it too much otherwise i wouldn't be doing my job if that makes sense mm. but I, yeah, yeah absolutely but uh but the point is is that if, if you're not aware of you can jump on the new bandwagon but also just remember that there's also the the current platforms that if you do those really really well they'll be sustainable until the bottom falls out of them so that's something to think about i mean um it's like the one thing about Twitter. Twitter was, is hugely and always hugely successful. But Twitter's, um, you know, people have said to me in the past that Twitter's not as popular these days. And I think Instagram is kind of killing it at the moment. So, um, you know, the question is, what I think about is, so should I put a video out on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter? Okay, my order would be, personally, YouTube first, then Instagram, then Twitter, then Facebook. That's just, just my personal preference. But it could be different for any kind of person that's working more so in the various platforms, you know? Yeah, I mean, and I guess you've got different audiences on those different platforms as well, haven't you? So Usually, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe when you're producing a piece of content, then you focus on the content and the message and the audience first, and then you produce different formats or different, yeah, maybe cut down to those different platforms. Exactly, that's exactly right. Well, that makes sense. So, so who you know, you're looking, you're in this world a lot. So, who who is it that you look at and go, wow, I really like what they're doing? What what channels and what which filmmakers do you think that marketeers should be looking at to get a sense for what is possible it's hard. you give me such broad questions with your, <laughs> with your big broad marketing paintbrush um <laughs> it's really hard to it's, i want to give you scope to to give me a, a broad answer it's hard it's hard it's hard to say what i think marketeers should be looking at um or right, let me change the question then yeah. so what, who do you really like? Which channels do you really like to watch? Yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, okay, so I'm just going to reel off a number of channels that I enjoy watching, um, and uh, this is my personal preference. So there's there's one guy I've always liked uh, called, um, he called himself Travel Feels at first on YouTube, and uh, uh, Travel Feels, then he's, he's, t- he's adopted his own name for the YouTube channel. Uh, it's called Marty, Matty Hapoya, um, and he is friends with... Um, What's it, Peter McKinnon. So he's good friends with Peter McKinnon. Um, they both, uh, Peter McKinnon knows Casey Neistat. But Matty Hapoyo is a Finnish filmmaker living in Canada. Uh, his YouTube channel, uh, which was previously called Travel Fields, is now called Matty Hapoyo, was always someone who, for me, is a bit of an inspiration. Um, he started off in wedding videos and all the rest. And and what, But what he did was not compromise his vision, and he's managed to build his YouTube channel. And he's got a very sustainable audience, and he does a lot of um, travel and lifestyle kind of like filming. Um, and for me, why I like him is like to go to these like beautiful spots that he films and but he's using kit and equipment that i like like drones and and gimbals yeah. and dslrs and stuff like that so he's always yeah. giving you product reviews that so that's a guy who i really enjoy watching uh, and he's, he's just very straight down the line sometimes sometimes i think youtubers can um be very stylistic they have their own kind of way of selling themselves but i like straightforwardness and simple and practical ideas so that's why i like yeah. him very much um uh in terms of other youtubers who i'd say to watch uh, uh sarah dici uh she's an american um 
Yeah. I would say Casey Neistat, obviously, Peter McKinnon. Um, it's all filmmakers as well. I'm trying to think a bit more outside of the box. Oh, you have to watch the Yogs cast. That's uh, Simon and Lewis from the Yogs cast. Um, they're very, very good. Okay. Uh, also, Terps uh, at the Yogs cast. There's also another chap called. Um, uh, I, w- I was managing the Nintendo Labo UK YouTube channel. That was one of my most recent clients as well. Okay. Um, so that's a lot of my content there. Um, BBC Three, I always am a big fan of BBC Three content because in terms of documentary content and also interesting topical issues um, about what's going on in the world and especially in the state of the UK, I think BBC Three is quite good. Um, big fan of Vice YouTube channel. Um, there is a news channel called Vox, which is fantastic, which is really interesting. Does little kind of topical documentaries about what's going on in the world today. Um, okay. I, I I would read The Economist as much as you can, always. Um, that's read The Economist or The Economist YouTube channel. Uh, both. Uh, okay. And but I, I would actually, I was just kind of trying to take it off YouTube for a second. So just, <laughs> just read The Economist anyway because it's a great great publication. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's got nothing to do with YouTube, but I mean, it is the Economist is very strong. But absolutely. but check out the YouTube channel if they need help. Give <laughs> give me a shout; I'll help you out. Um, <laughs> the there's also podcasts. I'm obviously into film, so there's only two podcasts that matter to me in terms of film. Uh, that's Mark Kermode and Simon Mayo's uh, podcast um, uh, on Five Live every Friday at two p.m. I've been listening to it pretty much since the beginning. I'm, I'm a member of the church. Did that come through? That little beep. I didn't hear a beat. Mate. Okay, so good, going. good, good. Um, so yeah, Mark Kermode and Simon Mayer's podcast. I'm a part of the church. Uh, um, Wittertainment um, is is. Uh, <laughs> so it's called the church. It's the church. I got to say, I mean, uh, Mark Kermode and Simon Mayo. That, that I think what's great about those guys mm. is they have a really nice dynamic. You know that 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 they're just like really good mates that have a really deep intellect around filmmaking. Right. It's just it, they're just the story it evokes for me. Remember John Peel? Yeah, yeah, of course. It evokes John Peel for me. It's the same style of broadcasting um that john peel had and, and i think that they're silly and ridiculous and yet they're two men aging men who just kind of talk <laughs> that thing um i love them to pieces I, I really i would love to be able to go on that podcast and have a chat with them or even just meet someone there mark, mark kermode they're amazing um what's the word i have to say hello to jason jason isaacs i have to say hello to jason isaacs now that i'm on a podcast um uh, and, <laughs> okay. and the empire podcast. any context behind that or we're just going to say that leave it there just leave it there uh and also the empire podcast um with chris hewitt and uh forgive me her, her name escapes me but she's the lawyer uh, person okay. on the empire podcast that's a great podcast too are there any uh, YouTube channels or podcasts, for that matter, that discuss the uh, ideas around making good film or building YouTube channels that are would be worthwhile mm. checking out? See, that's interesting. I don't really watch those. <laughs> I suppose you know that stuff. Yeah, don't you? I mean, but then, um, yeah, no, there are, there are, but I would say I can't off the top of my head. I can't, I can't say I know them at the moment. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, Steve. Well, I mean, it's. I think the video is it's such a growing channel. It's such an interesting channel as well. And I think, as we talked about earlier, with the the ease of which people can produce video content these days, everybody is jumping on it. And you, you you can't move for content, particularly in Facebook as well, which is you know heavily engaged in promoting video over other formats of content. So you know it's 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 everywhere at the moment. But uh, for me, I think the big thing I, I want to take away from this is if you spend a bit more time looking at the strategy behind the content a bit more time getting the formats right and focused on what you want to that content those videos or those films to do for you you might have a slightly more impactful uh channel 
and using that content broadly. So whether you produce it for Facebook or YouTube or wherever, it doesn't matter. But having the ability and the skills to chop it up and use it in different uh, different different platforms and different channels is, is really a good way to actually kind of stretch or, or what's that horrible term sweat your video asset i suppose and make mm. the most out of it i think um it's a failure of the the filmmaking industry is just just as much just as much as it is of the marketing industry it's that prep and the pre-production that people don't think about and i think that's one thing i, I have a constant battle with and, and i'm talking from experience i'm not talking from like oh he's just saying that and he doesn't know what he's talking about i'm talking from experience it's just a matter of people who are in marketing teams and are thinking about potentially using video as part of their implementation or st their strategy just to think ahead and think you know if we've got a month we've got a month to deliver this thing for this big client at a certain date okay if you've got a month for it give it three months add on two more months just to make sure that you can get the video absolutely perfect 100 percent right because the more time you give it the better the result's going to be and i think that's a really really key point it's like you know not thinking about things last minute or thinking you just turn out a video just like that people in production like to be structured they like to be organized they like to think ahead just as much as the person who's doing the marketing so the point is is that actually it does take time to be creative and i think one thing i would say is that if marketeers could actually from this if listening to this podcast and have actually bothered to listen this long um <laughs> why wouldn't they to this charming conversation with exactly I'm, I'm not trying i'm sounding like i'm sounding a, a bit forceful I, I admit but the but just just planning in that extra bit of time goes a long long way and that's that's really really you know as creatives that's all we ever really want to think about because the opportunity to be creative i mean we're privileged to be creative everyone is privileged to be creative but the opportunity that we have offered to ourselves to be able to get paid to do our jobs just having that extra time to be able to work and collaborate and communicate that little bit more is always going to be more valuable than not doing it so yeah i think you're absolutely right there too spending the time on uh, and the planning and the pre-production and the prep is is going to pay dividends and you know i love what you said there it takes time to be creative and I, i've had this conversation many times having been selling creative services for quite a while now is mm people that understand that it does take time to be creative. Mm. Um, you know, what a good example is a client of mine is um, an architects and interior designers. And quite often, you know, that, that they'll be expected to deliver a set of uh, floor plans, for example, and, you know, overnight. And it's like, hang on a second. Mm. If you want a really considered thought out way, this building is going to work, it will mm. take me more than one night. Of course. I know we could draw it in one night, but I need the time to think about what I'm going to produce. Here. Yeah good creative requires that thinking time otherwise you're not going to get the best results set, set your targets set your deadlines by all means there's no question that you should do that but don't give it 24 or 48 hours give it <laughs> 76 hours plus before you have yeah. to deliver anything even in the pre-planning and production state pre-production yes. pre stage and that that's that's it give it three days three days before you need to achieve something give it three days <laughs> you know at least but you never know you know it's all swings and roundabouts isn't it you know what it's absolutely, like. Mate. You know the game. Absolutely. I cre the creative world is a fascinating space, and, and creative people are great to work with as well, but you've got to give them time to uh, to work their magic. Agreed. <laughs> so, Tuve, look, fascinating to, to catch up with you, chat. Thanks for taking the time to come and join me on the Tech Map podcast. Can, no worries. Can you tell people uh, where they will be able to find you if they want to connect with you, if they want to pick up the conversation around branded content or YouTube channels or all the great stuff we've just talked about. Uh, yeah, please uh, do email me at uh, tooth, that's T-O-U-F, at fourthfloorcreative.co, just .co. Uh, just .co. Yeah, and, and or check out my Instagram and message me on Instagram. I'm, my Instagram is called turtlebone, one word. Do you want to explain turtlebone or should we leave it there? It was totally, totally random, probably some... <laughs> some 
frazzled night out and uh, I, I i don't even remember why i put turtle bone <laughs> okay cool yeah no worries Steve. thanks again for joining me on the podcast and uh, we'll have to catch up again soon and cut 